want to go back and get that. Um, last week was actually, uh, in my opinion, one of the better. You know, I shouldn't say that, but one of the better weeks, just because it was it was heavily you know evangelistic, just right out of the word, and you know it wasn't me; it was something the guy was just like, "Hey, say this." And so, anyway, with all that, um, you can get any of that. Just so you know, uh, you can get it online, but you can also get it uh, on your podcast app on your iPhone, on your Android. And it's not just this class, but I think you can get most of the classes. You can get all the Wednesday night preaching, all Brian's preaching. It's all on podcast, so you don't have to look online for it. So, okay, with that. Uh, let's just pray. Uh, let's pray for the barns. Let's pray for um, just those who still uh, can't be here but want to be here. And, you know, just there's a lot going on. So let's just pray. Father God, I love you. Lord, I thank you for today. Lord, I thank you for uh, being real in our life. Uh, God, it's just uh, it's really awesome to be a part of your body, to be uh, around people who just uh, know you and want to know you and want to uh, just really uh, be intimate with you and have a relationship with you. And uh, Lord, just learn how to walk in your ways. And uh, Lord, not just um, not just do the right thing, but do it because uh, they have a heart for you. And uh, Lord, when I say those things, it just really brings to mind the Passpoint class. And uh, the last year has been crazy, uh, to say the least. And yet you've used your word uh, and the relationships that you've built in these people's lives to minister to each other, to uh, continue to uh, get your word where it needs to go on time, whether it be through uh, online sources or or here in person. And so, Lord, I do pray as we kind of really get back into uh, the groove in the book of Romans, we would pick up right where we did leave off and that you'd get the honor and the glory for it, Lord. I know uh, Romans 10 is heavily focused on Israel and it would be really easy for us to check out on that, but God, you give me something that kind of uh, just kicks straight to the heart today. So I pray that it would uh, just go to where it needs to go. People would take the word and get it to where it needs to go on time. Lord, we do pray for uh, the surgery for baby Hadley this week, uh, that you would uh, just uh, be manifest in the in the doctors and the nurses, and you would continue to use the faith that's being walked out in uh, Holly and Brady's lives to bring you honor and glory. And uh, Lord, I pray we as a class would just encourage them, love on them, Lord, we pray for uh, those who have been uh, out for whatever reason, and we know they want to be here. And I just pray you just comfort them, be with them, uh, speak to them through your word. Uh, Lord, I pray you just speak today, put me out of the way, and that you get the honor and the glory from everything that's going on in Christ's name. Amen. Okay, so one other thing I want to say. Guys, I, Holly and Brady were down yesterday, I told you guys that, and so... Uh, they they loaded up the last of the diapers yesterday. If you guys remember, a little, about a year ago, we collected you know, diapers, wipes, all kinds of stuff, and a bunch of food But uh, for the twins right before they were born. And they took another van load of cases of diapers. So not that I needed the room, but now I've got you know more room in my shop because they still had probably 15 cases of diapers in my house. So uh, they wanted to say, hey, they haven't bought a single wipe or a single diaper other than preemie diapers early on for the twins since they were born. So. So you guys uh, just, again, doing what you do. So, okay, uh, if you got your Bibles, turn to the book of Romans. Romans chapter 10. Um, and so, if you were here last week, uh, I had zero notes, which kind of puts me out of my comfort zone, but that's just kind of where God was like, hey, I just want you to share what I showed you. A lot of times I read what I'm going to teach several times throughout the week uh, and try to figure out, you know, get an outline, get something to go with it. And uh, you know, we talked last week about how Romans 10 
is heavily evangelistic, right? There's probably more people uh, in the course of time that have been saved from the verses of Romans 10 than any other passage in the Bible, right? It's just clear cut. That's just the way that it is. Um, and so instead of trying to throw you a whole bunch of cross-references and try to throw you a whole bunch of, you know, this is really what it's trying to say, because um, I'll just be honest, sometimes people uh, like me who get up here and try to share the Word, sometimes uh, we, we muddy things up that are way too clear. <laughs> and so I try to just make it as clear and concise. This is what it's saying, guys. And uh, man, this is how you can use just this one passage and share the Gospel. If, if, you, if you can't do it any other way, uh, go back and listen to it because I basically just walked through it. If you don't know how to share the gospel very well, if you don't know how to say what you know you want to say, man, go back and, and watch or listen. You can't watch because it cut off like halfway through, but go back and listen uh, and it, it'll show you. I mean, I, I just walked through it because that's what God showed me. Like, you can use this passage amongst many others, but you can use this passage to basically meet somebody where they're at, show them that they are, maybe they are a good person like they think they are, but they're not quite as holy, and God is holy. And we got to figure out how to make that gap up. And it kind of just walked through the whole thing. And so that's kind of where we left off last week. So we went through the first 13 verses um, last week. And so a little bit further back up, right? The book of Romans, uh, we've been slowly going through it. But chapters 9, 10, and 11 are written to who? The Jews, right? They're not really even written to us as the church. Now, we know the book of Romans was written to the church, but he just kind of took a little time out, a little parentheses right in the middle of the book of Romans, and he was like, hey, if there happens to be any Jews that are hearing this, i got something I want to say to you. And then he jumps right back into it in chapter 12, right? The end of Romans 8 could butt right up to the beginning of Romans 12, and you would never know it, except for your Bible has 9, 10, and 11 in there. And so there's something in there, and there's something for you. And so don't just check out on it, but also understand what he's trying to say, okay? And so you notice in chapter 9, what's he start chapter 9 with? Man, if my, if my brothers in Israel would just get saved. And then chapter 10 rolls around and he says what? He says, my heart's desire and prayer to God is that Israel's they might be saved. He's got a burden. You know, and we talked about all that last week, so I don't have time to get into that. But just to understand that there is a, a, a heavy emphasis on the nation of Israel, God's chosen people. But there's also something for you in it here today. So here's what I got for you today. Um, and so a lot of times I give you a list. I've got a list. Um, but, but this one might be, and, and so this wasn't me, this is God. This might be like a... Wow, I feel like you're like really stepping on my toes, or uh, better yet, I feel like you're kind of kicking me right in the the gut here. But you know, sometimes that's just what the Word of God does. So, three reality checks for most Christians today. So, the reason I put most Christians is because none of you guys probably fit this mold, and that's okay, right? I, I know you all are are on fire for God, and that's perfect. But three reality checks for most Christians today. I was thinking about this this morning because I, I was trying to find a way to title this, just to kind of put a bow on it, and. Uh, I, I couldn't really find a way to put it. You know, I had three kind of statements. And so I remember when I was growing up, and it kind of makes a little more sense now, I was never like this, you know, never. But my brother always, because my brother was always way worse than I was. Uh, just ask him, he'll tell you. Um, but I, I, if I heard it once, I heard it a million times that my dad would tell my brother, man, you need a reality check, right? You are so far out of And then I was thinking this morning, I'm like, huh. How many times do I think that about even my teenage boy's boy? Not Brenton because he's in here, but you know maybe the other one. Uh, how many times? But I mean, what is? It's just kind of a. Sometimes we're just out of touch with the reality of what's going on around us. You know, it's just like I know that this is the way that you see the world, right? You see the world through rose-colored teenage boy glasses, and I get it, right? But that's not reality. 
that's just not the way it works or fill in the blank for your deal. So these are just some quote-unquote reality checks. Paul's talking to the nation of Israel, but I'm going to find a way to tie this right into you because guess what? I don't think any of you are Jews today. So we could just be like, well, it's not for you. Guess what? God's got something for you today. So uh, we're going to start in verse 14. I'm going to back up to verse 8 just to kind of get us back into the context of what we're talking about, right? So he's basically going through talking about Israel uh, and he says in verse 8, but what say that the word is nigh thee even in thy mouth and in thy heart? Uh, that is the word of faith which we preach. Then verse 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, like evangelism, evangelism, right? That if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, thou shalt believe, and, and if thou shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. For with the heart man believeth in the righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made into salvation. It doesn't say anything about cleaning up, getting your heart right, getting your life better before you come to Christ. It says all you need to do is give God your heart and confess with your mouth. You got everything you need right now in your lost state to get saved. That's basically what he's saying. Go back to last week. Verse 11, For the Scripture saith, Whosoever believeth him shall not be ashamed, uh, for there is no difference between the Jew and the Greek. For the same uh, Lord over all is rich unto them, uh, rich unto all that call unto him. That's Paul's way of saying, Hey, I know that you feel like you're God's chosen people, and you were, but you missed the boat, and now the Gentiles can get saved too. That's what he's telling the Jews. Verse 13, For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Paul basically wraps up that portion, and he's like, Hey, it doesn't matter if you're Jew, Gentile, lost, uh, black, white, yellow, brown, whatever, right? If you call upon the name of the Lord, you're going to be saved. That's what he's saying. So then we jump into this week, right? And understand, he's talking to Israel, and I will give you the context. I'll give you the context of what he's talking about to Israel, but we need to focus more on what he's saying to us. How then, verse 14, shall they call on him who they have not believed? How are you going to call on somebody you don't believe? Right? How are you going to get saved if you don't even believe there is God? And how shall they believe on Him who they have not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? And if that doesn't make you want to send people to the mission field, I don't know what will. Verse 15. And how shall they preach except they be sent? Man, there's a call to the church. As it is written, how beautiful are the feet, right? Most of you are like, I don't think feet are beautiful, right? Uh, they're really not that beautiful. But how beautiful are the feet of them that preach the gospel of peace and bring glad tidings of good things. Let me just read the rest of it. But uh, they have not obeyed the gospel. For Isaiah, uh, for Isaiah saith, Lord, uh, who hath believed our report? So then faith coming by hearing, hearing by the word of God. There's another verse you guys hear all the time. But I say, have they not heard? Yes, verily, their sounds went into the earth and their words into the ends of the world. But I say, did not uh, did not Israel know? First Moses saith, I will provoke you to jealousy by them that uh, are no people and are a, few, a foolish nation. I will anger you. But Isaiah is very bold and saith, I was found to them that sought me not and was made manifest to them that asked not after me. But to Isaiah, uh, but to Israel he saith, all the day uh, long I have stretched forth my hand to a disobedient and gainsaying people. And you might be like, what does that mean? Right? Because I know you. I am you. What does that even mean? mean? Well, I'm going to tell you. Here's your first reality check, right? For you. Like, I understand this isn't written to Israel, this is written to Israel, but this is what God was saying, hey, this is who God was showing me, right? Maybe He was saying this to me. Verse 14 and 15, people aren't getting saved because you're not sharing the gospel. Like, I understand. We can fill in the blank a lot. People aren't getting saved because they're hard-headed, Jason. People aren't getting saved because they don't want to hear it. People aren't getting saved because they're lost in their sin. People aren't getting saved. You're right. All those things are true, but you want to know why they're not getting saved? Because you ain't telling them the good news. Plain and simple. Well, I told them once, and they didn't hear it. Okay. 
I'm not going to have this argument with you. Right? People aren't getting saved. That's the first reality check. Because we have this thing in our mind. We're like, yeah, if people want to get saved, they'll come and ask. Or they'll come to church. Or if people want to hear it, they'll ask a question. Or people want to... Guess what? No, they won't. Very seldom does a lost person who's lost in their sin decide, you know what I need is Jesus. Right? When I was lost, I wasn't like, you know what I think I need today? Um... I'm struggling with my marriage. I'm struggling with uh, trying to be a father. I'm struggling with work. I'm struggling with a whole lot of things, right? Yeah, you want to hear my testimony? I'm giving my testimony at Life Issues, uh, and it's kind of like, I don't know. I was like, I don't, I don't know. I Steve asked me, and I'm like, it's been a long time since somebody asked to hear my testimony, and so I'm far enough removed away from it. I'm like, I think I could be pretty transparent here. Um, but anyway, it has nothing to do with anything. Uh, <laughs> you want to know why lost people, what they don't do? They don't just decide, you know what I think I need is another thing, right? The last thing I needed was another thing. Like, the last thing I needed was for, yeah, let's just add to the list of I'm trying to balance a marriage and uh, being a father and trying to figure out how to be a man and all these different things, right? You know what I need? I, I need to give up a couple days a week to go to church. That's what I need. No, that's not what lost people decide to do. People aren't getting saved because you're not telling them. But you're not sharing the gospel. You're not telling them why they need to. Right? You guys are the ones who are supposed to be able to convince somebody. Right? Your family's like, man, you spend a lot of time at church. Yeah, you want to explain to you why I spend a lot of time at church? Right? It's not because I like have a bunch of time to give. Like, I don't know if you guys... Not, it has nothing to do with me, but think about Nick for a minute, right? Nick's busier than I am, except for this time of year, right? But like in the summertime, this guy's this guy's busier than like a. a, 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 a I don't know. I don't want to say that, but man, he's running everywhere, right? The last thing he's got is a bunch of time to come and you, you know what he does, right? He gives his life to Christ and he gives his life to the ministry, and that's what you all need to do. People are like, man, why are you gonna do that? Well, let me tell you why I do that. People aren't gonna save because you're not sharing the gospel. Right, he says in, in verse 14, How then shall they call on Him who they have not believed? They don't even believe there is a God. Well, guess what? They're not just going to look up and decide today, you know what, I think there is a God. Now, we'll get into here in just a minute, because yes, there are people who never hear the Gospel. They, they do use creation. We'll talk about that in a minute. But they don't just decide one day, you know, I, I think that's where I need to go today, is church. It just doesn't work like that. Now, I'm not saying it never works like that. Guess what? Sometimes lost people get to such a broken state that they just stumble into a church and it happens, right? Because God and His providence can make that happen. But not very often. Generally, there is somebody through some sort of circumstance, some sort of something that you stumble into church for some reason or you stumble into a conversation for some reason and you're like, huh, I never really heard that before. And then it begins to slowly make sense, right? Generally, the light bulb just doesn't turn on, or at least it never did for me. I've always been the slow kid in class, though, so that's how it works. How then shall I call on him they have not believed? And how shall they believe in whom they have not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? And how are your neighbors ever going to get saved if you don't share the gospel with them? How are the kids on your, or the parents on your kids' ball team ever going to hear it, right? How is your family ever going to hear it? How, you fill in the blank, right? Who is it? How are they ever going to get it? Oh, I've told them once before, or they know I go to church, or, guys, I get all the excuses, man, I've said them, right? They will not just stumble in unless you invite them. They will not just decide one day unless you tell them. And guess what? Guess what that's going to bring to you? A whole lot of rejection. A whole lot of... Man, you are you are crazy. Well, maybe I am. That's all right. Right? Maybe I am. You know, but I would rather be crazy by myself or at least crazy with my wife because she can't leave me. But I'd rather be crazy 
around people like that, then, you know, fit in with the world. And nobody really know. Then that's just me. Maybe y'all are in a different boat. I don't know. And how shall they preach except they be sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of them that preach the gospel of peace uh, and gl- being uh, glad, tidings of good things. So what he's talking about with the feet things, you're like, what's that talking about? Uh, having So feet were even like kind of even more weird uh, in that culture, right? Because they always, they didn't have shoes like mine, like cool tennis shoes, right? But they had sandals all the time if they had any kind of shoes, right? So their feet were really dirty. I mean, you think your feet are dirty. I'm like, their feet were really dirty. And so uh, the picture here is those who have beautiful feet are those who are out busy about sharing the gospel because you know what? They're at least getting dirty for the right reasons. It's kind of like a picture of ministry. You're at least out there getting dirty for the right reasons. And who's been to the children's ministry before? And you're like, you left and it's like, man, I feel like I just got run through the ringer, right? Guess what? It happens. You know, by the way, if you're looking for somewhere to serve, talk to Mitch because there's, there's room, right? right? It's not. It's not that bad, but I'm just saying, who hasn't? Right? Who hasn't? The nursery's closed right now. Man, Paige and I worked in the nursery for a lot of years, right? I can't count the times. I'm, I'm not even going to go there, right? It's great. Yeah, it's great. It is. It is. It's great. I'm just saying. You can't call if you don't believe. But how... How are they going to believe if, you, if they don't hear the things that inform them about what they're supposed to believe, right? Hey, you need to believe in Jesus. Well, what am I supposed to believe? Well, you know, that you, uh, you, um, uh, well, uh, go to church, right? Well, I mean, I guess if that's the best answer you got, give them that. But, man, you ought to be able to tell them something, right? At least this is what he did in my life. You know, if nothing else, you got a testimony. Hey, this is what God did to me. You know, if nothing else, you've got that. How are they supposed to believe if you didn't even tell them what they're supposed to believe? That's the point here. If the law, so here's kind of a statement. I pulled a few of these notes out of my HBI stuff, and I'll try to tell you along the way if it's out of that. But this is one of the, the things that you know, kind of God showed me as I was teaching through this. If the lost have an obligation to confess, go back a few verses. It says, "If thou confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, we know that you don't get saved unless you confess with your mouth, God, I'm lost." I need to be saved, right? And however way that you said it, that's how that works, right? I'm broken, however that works, right? Um, if they have an obligation to confess, we have a corresponding obligation to preach. We just do. And if you're like, yeah, that doesn't, that's not me. Uh, I hate to tell you, y'all, but you're wrong. And I'm reading through the Gospels right now, and if anyone want to jump in on this, I can tell you why later, but I'm reading through the Gospels over and over and over again, because basically, uh, my heart was, I'll just, I'll just tell you, my heart was bad, and, uh, I was just kinda like in a funk, and you know, I finally decided, you know what I need to do? I need to get back to the basics. And so I committed to read, uh, all four Gospels once a month. Uh, through June. So I'm going to read uh, all four Gospels six times plus uh, Proverbs every day because I'm like, you know what I need? I need basics in my life right now because I'm burnt out and I shouldn't be like that, but that's where I'm at. You know what I've learned just in, since January 1st and reading the Gospels every day? That Jesus is pretty basic if we just simply do what He says to do. And if you feel like you're not called to share the Gospel, you're wrong. I'll just make it. I mean, that's the one thing you're told to do. Like, that's it. Get out and tell people. That's what you got to do. you got to do it. I mean, if the lost have an obligation to confess, we've got a corresponding obligation to preach. The second, so that's your first reality check. I mean, you want to know why people are lost? It's because you ain't telling them. That's why. And if you tell them over and over again and they don't get saved, at the end of the day, that's on them. But it's your job to tell them and tell them again and tell them again until they don't hear it anymore. The second reality check, man, because you guys are out of check with reality. The second reality check, if you lack faith... 
I'm sorry, not if. You lack faith because you do not... I can't read. You lack faith because you do not prioritize God's Word over anything. I didn't say everything. Anything. You lack faith because you do not prioritize God's Word over anything. Let me pick up in verse 16. You lack faith because you do not prioritize God's Word over anything. So we know they're not getting saved because you're not telling them. He goes on to say, But have they not... All, or, but they have not all obeyed the gospel. For Isaiah saith, Lord, who hath believed our report? So then faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. Right? What's he talking about? He's talking in context. He's talking to Israel. And he's talking about, man, they've had, they've had the law. They've had all, they've had the gospel shared to them. Like, they've had the law. They knew all this, right? From the beginning, even into now, they knew. Right? Even Christ came, and they knew. They just didn't accept it. So that's the context here. That faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. You've got to hear the good news. That's the context. Okay, so what does it have to do with you? And we're really going to get into the context of Israel in the last little bit. But here's what happens. We tell God, or, or, or not, not even tell God, we tell ourselves. Because it starts with ourselves. We don't ever go to God first. We should, but we don't. Right? And if, I'm, if, if you don't fit into this boat, you're holier than I am. So I'll just tell you that now. Uh, here's what I do. I tell myself, and you, you guys don't do this. I do this. I tell myself, I just need more faith, man. Like even talking about Holly and Brady this morning, I'm like, man, they must have more faith than I do because like, if it was one of my kids, I'd be terrified. And maybe they are, and they're just putting on a good front. I don't know, but they sure look like they were ready to go. And I'm like, okay, praise Jesus because like, you know... I tell God, man, I just need more faith. I, want, I need faith like that guy, right? I need faith like that guy. I need faith like, you know, David, or I need faith like, uh, you know, whoever, Noah, all these different guys, right? Well, guess what? All those guys are just dudes. All those guys that you're like, I want to be faithful like that guy, at the end of the day, they fell just, they, they were sinners just like we are, right? David, you're right. He stood up before Goliath and he was awesome. You know what else he did? I'm not even going to say it because y'all ought to know, right? Adultery is bad, okay? Right? Uh, and it's just all these different things. Like, it doesn't matter who it is. You pick somebody and you're like, man, I want to be faithful like that guy. And it's like, yeah, I do too. But I don't want to be exactly like that guy because uh, that was not the best thing that he did there. Okay? So we tell ourselves, I want to be faithful like that. I want to be faithful like that. You know, and that's what we tell ourselves. Man, I just, I wish I had that guy's faith. Or I want to be faithful like that. You want to know why you lack faith? I'll just tell you, right? Because God told me, right? You lack faith. I lack faith. I'm sorry, I'm, talk, I'm not talking. I'm talking to myself again. I lack faith because I don't prioritize God's Word really over anything. I just don't. I should. And, okay, I know I'm saying, I do, right? I get in the Word. I even told you, like, I was convicted because I wasn't, like, in love with the Word like I needed to be. And so I'm like, i got to get back to some basics. You know, sometimes there's different times to be in different places, right? This, this is that time for me, right? I had to do something. And so that's where I'm at. <clears throat> Don't get on your knees and pray, God, give me more faith, right? That's not, that's not what verse 17 saying. What's verse 17 say? It says, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. Uh, faith comes from hearing that is biblically informed. You want faith? Get in the Word, you'll have some faith. Man, I want to be like, I want to be faithful. Okay, get in the Word. How faithful are you? Right? I want to, I want to, I want to be like real faithful, right? Okay, well, how much real time are you spending in the Word? You know, I, I get it. <laughs> I get it. If you want more faith, get in the Word because faith coming comes comes by hearing. How much time? Now, I know this is where, this is where it's like you get out of my business, Jason. Right? So okay. I'm going to get in anyway. How much time do you give God every day? 
reading, praying, right? Whatever. You go. How much time? Like you're at church. I guess you can count this time as it. So you'd be good today, right? But how much time do you got every day? Think of it. Think of it like this. And this has nothing to do with the other night. It just happened to, to tie in, okay? Because this, we, we talked about this in discipleship the other night. And it really has nothing to do with that. But think of it as a tithe. What, what's your tithe uh, basically biblically supposed to be? 10%, right? So it's 10% of 24 hours. That's like 2.4 hours. And I already know what you're thinking, right? Because I make the same excuse. I'm like, i got to sleep sometime, right? And so, okay, fine. We'll just take, uh, let's just say that you're all... Um, really responsible adults and you're getting eight hours of sleep every night, right? Because uh, is there anybody other than my son in here that gets more than eight hours of sleep every night, right? You sleep like 12 hours? Oh, I know he does. You ain't, you ain't telling me nothing, right? Okay. Let's just say, let's just say that y'all are responsible adults and you get eight hours of sleep a night. Now, I'm not a math major, but I think 24 minus eight is 16, okay? What's 10% of 16? That's 1.6 hours, right? So if you want an exact amount, that is one hour and 36 minutes. Are you giving God an hour and 36 minutes of every day? Right? Well, I can't read for that long. Okay, spend some time praying, right? Uh, just anything. I'm just asking. I get it. I'm not trying to be legalistic. There's different. We all got life, right? You ain't telling me nothing. You know, we're, we're busy. But, you know, I'm not saying, I'm just saying, you want more faith. And we're like, God, I want to be like, I want to be faithful. Okay, faith comes by hearing and hearing by, you know, having a good time. No, hearing by the Word of God. If you're not in the book, don't expect faith to just be like pouring out of you. It doesn't work like that. And some of y'all, and not y'all, but sometimes you're around somebody and it's like, and you stink, right? And it ain't like you physically stink, but it's like, you ain't, there ain't nothing Christian about what's going on in your life right now. Right? There ain't no faith pouring out of you at all. You know why? Because you're not in the Word. Reality check here, folk. You're, you lack faith because you don't prioritize God's Word. But I gotta, I gotta be here, and I gotta be here, and I gotta be, I get it, man. I'm not saying prioritize it over everything. Can you pick anything? To prioritize it over? Oh, I'm just, I'm just saying. I took this directly out of my HBI notes. I'll tell you that right now. Uh, this little section, but it was good as I was reviewing this, so I want to read it to you. Uh, so let's get practical for a minute. And this might hurt, so I just want to warn you up front. It's kind of like a nurse saying, "This might sting a little before she sticks you with a needle." I think of Kendra when I say that because that's just like that's mean. I hate needles, right? If all you get is a sermon on Sunday, there's no way you're growing in faith. You need vital interaction with the Word of God on a daily basis so you won't have the hearing impairment that comes from a weak diet. Because I can guarantee you that if you've got a hearing impairment, meaning you're not hearing, if you've got a hearing impairment, you've also got a speech impediment. You may be able to get, uh, get people the gospel, but you can't get beyond that. And it's all because you have no faith, because you haven't been grounded to accountability to the Word. No wonder there's... No wonder there's no life or growth or fruit in you. No wonder you're weak in faith. Don't ask me for pray to you. Uh, don't ask me to pray to get you more faith. Ask me to kick you off your blessed assurance so you can get in the Word, right? Because 
When you show me a believer who's vitally in the Word of God, I know you've shown me one who's growing in faith and strong in faith and exercising their faith because they're skillful in the Word. So what's the application? You don't get more faith by getting more faith and getting more faith and getting more faith because that's what we want to do. You get more faith by being skilled in the Word. The size of your faith grows because the size of your, size of your God grows. Right? You become more faithful because you start seeing God as even more amazing than you did to start with. And you know how that happens? By being more knowledgeable about this book. Because the more I read this book, the more I realize that God's even better than I thought He was when I got saved. And then I grow in faith. And then I realize, you know what? I want to be even closer to God. And then I'm like, okay, so I get in the Word. And I get in the Word and the Word's like, hey, God's even better than you learned last week. And it's like, oh my gosh. Hey, you want to grow in faith? You do it in the Word of God. And if you're not in the Word of God, then don't come crying to me or anybody else that, man, I just feel like... Right? Because that gets into the next one. I just don't feel like I'm... You don't feel like it because you're not in the Word. Stop making excuses and just do it. Right? And I'm not trying to like be all up in your face, but man, if we don't got time for the Word of God, you ain't got time for nothing. I'm not saying, I'm just saying. Last point. 18 to 21. Here's the, the last reality check. Because this is what happens. We just, don't, we just don't feel like we're really getting used of God. Right? We look around and we're like... I want to be used like that. Or I want to be used like that. Look at that person. They're like all in these ministries and they're doing all the stuff for God. I want to be used like that. Here's your reality check. You feel like you're not good enough for God, but yet you act as though you're too good for Him. You feel like you're not good enough for God because that's the, that's the excuse we make. I'm just not good enough. If I was good enough, God would use me. You feel like you're not good enough for God, but yet you act like you're too good for Him. That's what Israel did. That's what Israel did. Verse 18, But I say, have they not heard? Yes, verily, their sound went out into all the earth, and their words into the end of the world. But I say, did not Israel know? Let's talk about Israel for a minute. Paul's like, man, they knew the truth. They knew it. They always knew it. Did not Israel know? First Moses saith, I will provoke you to jealousy by them that are no people, and by a foolish nation will I anger you. But Isaiah is very bold and saith, I was found of them that sought me not, and I was made manifest to them that are asked after me not. But to Israel he saith, all the day long I have stretched forth my hands in a disobedient gainsaying people. Paul's like, man, Israel knew. I told them, they knew it, they had the law, they had the prophets, they had all this stuff, and they still rejected me. And so you know what I did? Paul's like, you know what God did? He, he went ahead and he took that promise and he gave it to somebody else. He gave it to the Gentiles. And that's what happened in the book of Acts. And that's how you, by you know backdoor faith, you get into salvation. Right? Praise Jesus that the Jews didn't get saved because now you can. That's what happened. That's what he's trying to say. And Israel's like, come on. God's like, come on. Come on, Israel. Just get it. Chance after chance. Read the Old Testament. Chance after chance after chance. Blessing after blessing after blessing. And they still didn't get it, man. That's what the whole Old Testament's about is Israel. God's trying to bring them into redemption. And they're like, eh, I don't know. This manna don't really taste very good, right? Or, or whatever. You know, they're just like, yeah, I'm not sure. Like over and over. But eventually God got tired and he's like, you know what I'm going to do? And this is, this is my words, right? Because this isn't how God would talk. But this is how this thing kind of went down. I'm trying to not dumb it down for you. I'm trying to simplify it for you. God got tired of it. And you know what he said? He's like, I'm going to divorce you, Israel, and I'm going to marry somebody else. And we know, well, that's not biblical. Well, go back to the law. There are, uh, because they hardened their heart, Moses did allow them to write a bill of divorcement. For three reasons, right? He's like, I'm going to divorce you for somebody else. You fulfilled not just one, but all three of the A's necessary for me to say that the covenant is broken. 
there's been abuse, adultery, and absence. You physically, he's talking to Israel here, you physically abused and killed my prophets. Nobody should live in a marriage where they can show blood, bruises, or broken bones. You've committed adultery, physical and spiritual, in your idolatry. Think about Israel, right? That's what they did. And you've abandoned me to shack up with somebody else. Abuse, adultery, abandonment. Right? That's why God's like, you know what? Israel, time out for you. Go sit in time out. Because it, what I want to do is give you the rod of correction, but it might not go... I'm too, too angry right now. So time out. He puts Israel in time out, and he says, you know what, Gentiles, i got an idea. And that's us. We are the idea. Right? God divorced Israel. He flirted with another nation. Right? The Gentiles. And God has his reasons. Right? Hey, don't tell me you ain't heard a country song that's like this, right? I'm, I'm leaving one for... But I'm telling you, it's the theme of every good country song. Their curse is our blessing. But who did He choose? He chose us to do what? To fulfill... So you got to get this. This is the whole point of why Romans 10 and 11 and 12 are in here. He chose us to try to get Israel's attention. He chose us, the Gentiles, to try to get Israel's attention. Right? He says, here, I want you to do something. I want you to do what Israel was supposed to do the whole time. What I wanted Israel to do the whole time. What were they supposed to do? To be a light to the nations to declare God's name. That way the Gentiles will be jealous and want that God. Well, guess what? Israel didn't do it. So God's like, okay, i got a better idea. I'm going to let the Gentiles do it. And then Israel can just be jealous and be like, well, I want my God back. I want my job back. Right? I want my job. You know, we always want to complain about our job until we ain't got it no more. And we're like, man, that job wasn't all that bad. Right? I'm not saying. I'm just, right? My boys, they, and oh, they worked with me a lot this summer, right? And a lot of times they were like, this is really not fun, right? It's hot. I don't like doing this. Well, guess what? There's not a whole lot of jobs for the boys to do right now. And they're like, Dad, you ain't work for us, right? We're running out of money. Right? That job ain't so bad no more. I'm not. I know. I, I wasn't going to throw your brother under the bus quite like that. But anyway, that's the whole point. That job don't seem... That's what Israel's doing. They're like, hey, uh, man, I want my job back. Or at least that's what God's trying to get them to do. I want, I want my... I want my purpose back. That's that's what our purpose as Gentiles, we are the bride of Christ now, right? They are the bride of God. We are the bride of Christ. God's like, hey, I just want to get your attention for a minute. Like, you did all the things you weren't supposed to do, so I'm going to do this for a minute just to kind of provoke your jealousy. Right? So that's the context of uh, Israel here. So I know I'm, I'm done with time, but I, so what's the context for you? right? What's the context for you in this whole thing? We look around and we're like, man, I just want to be used of God, right? I, I want to have faith. I just told you how you can have faith. And you're like, okay, I want to be used of God, man. I, I want to be... I'm, I, I, God, use me. And you look around and you're like, man, look, you're using that person. And you're using that person. And you're, you're doing all this. And First off, the, what you see is only a small portion of whatever's going on in somebody's life. Right? Especially if you're looking on, on social media. It drives me crazy when people are like, man, look at these people. They're all happy. I'm like, yeah, you got like half of a percent of their life. That's the half of a percent of happy that they have, right? What's the other? I don't know. It doesn't matter. But the whole point is, stop trying to base it. And, and so what we do is we're like, I want to be. Why can't God use me? And then we start to feel sorry for ourselves. And we're like, well, if God would just use me, right? I guess I'm not good enough because that's what we do. Don't lie to me and say you've never felt like that. Well, I guess if I was good enough, right? Or they picked somebody else. If I guess I wasn't good enough, and we start feeling sorry for ourselves, and we're like whatever, you know, here I am, God used me, but you didn't want to use me. We start feeling sorry for ourselves. Well, guess what? You know why that whole thing goes down? Right? You feel like you're not good enough for God. You know why? Because you act like you're too good for Him. Anytime He's like, hey, you want to do this? You're like, oh, well, 
I, I wanted to teach the adults. I didn't want to teach the babies. What? No, I don't want to do that. All right. Or I, I wanted to. Uh, I wanted to do this. I wanted to serve here. I didn't want to clean the church. By the way, thanks for everybody who came to clean church yesterday. We got it done in less than an hour. You guys rock. But uh, like the whole, like I, I, I wanted to do this, not that, or. I wanted to go do that, or I wanted to do this. Not that. You feel like you're not good enough for God, right? Because you're throwing yourself a pity party. You know why? Because you act like you're too good for Him. Right? Start small. I guarantee you ask any pastor, you ask any ministry leader in this church where they started in ministry. I bet every one of them started either in children's ministry or uh, as an usher. Like, it's just a greeter. Somebody, like the, the lowest of the lowest. Another thing that I've learned in, in reading the Gospels already this year, that Jesus is like, hey, you want to be first? Start with being last. I'm like, okay. I heard it the first seven times, God, and I'm not even all the way through the Gospels one time. So, like, hey, maybe there's a theme here. Oh, okay. Right. The whole point is, stop feeling sorry for yourself. As soon as you make God the priority, a priority, like, don't be surprised when all of a sudden it's like, oh my gosh, it all makes sense now. Right? And so that's what I've got today. I know it's very Israel heavy, but man, if you can't find something for you out of this that's just like, wow, that's like speaking right to me. Okay. That's the whole point. And so next week we're going to get into uh, Romans chapter 11. It's going to take a little longer than Romans chapter 10, kind of like 9 did. 10 is a little easier to get through. 9 took quite a while, talking about foreknowledge, predestination, all that really fun stuff. Uh, and then so Romans 11, uh, so Romans chapter 9 is like Israel's past. Romans chapter 10 is Israel's present. Romans 11 is like Israel's future. So we're going to get through Romans 11. And then we're going to get to the good stuff because 12 through 16, that's like finally what I've been trying to get through. The whole reason I wanted to teach Romans was because of chapters 12 through 16. Because it's like the first 11 chapters of Romans is like what God can do for you in life. And it's like, hey, that's pretty cool. 12 through 16, now it's like, what can I do for God? And that's where we need to be. What can I do for God? Right? And so we're getting there. So let's pray. We'll get out of here. If you've got any questions, let me know. Sorry I went over. Um, it is what it is. So uh, let's pray. Father God, I love you. I thank you for today, Lord. I thank you for really just using the Word in our lives, convicting us, uh, calling us to uh, draw closer to You and uh, really just uh, have faith, Lord. And we know that we can have it by getting in Your Word, Lord. And uh, We could rectify a lot of situations in our lives if we would just bring everything uh, to prayer and, and really to Your Word and just uh, judge it by that. So, Lord, I do pray that You just get the honor and the glory from our lives. I pray You send us out this week as lights in a dark world. Pray for uh, the surgery of the Barnes babies. And uh, there's so many different things going on, Lord. Uh, uh, pray for Kelly Talley who's bereaved at her uh, her sister uh, passed uh, just a few days ago, Lord. I pray you just be with her and comfort her. And uh, Lord, there's so many different things. I pray that you would just be manifest in our lives, get the uh, the honor and the glory. I pray this all in Christ's name. Amen. All right. See you.